Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Okay, I want to get started with the reviewer of the week. This week it is from Jenna Lynn M. And she says, Obsessed. Best podcast on all things pregnancy and birth. This is my favorite podcast to listen to by far. Steph and Cor are so down to earth and cover the best topics on everything I've been wanting to know and researching myself during this pregnancy. I know that Court has recently left, but I have no doubt that Steph will continue doing the amazing job of spreading education and information on birth and the power of really being educated on your choices before going in. I know that I am much more confident going into this first birth because of this podcast, and I am so thankful to have found it. I find myself re-listening to episodes as I get closer to my due date and she put that in quotation marks she said due month lol thank you Steph for all that you do to help first-time mamas like me I'm so excited and not as afraid to welcome my baby this month I have the confidence that no matter what happens even if it's not what I planned on my birth map I will be able to feel empowered and informed the whole way through thank you so much again okay you guys so I realized it took me a minute because I, I got a few emails or a couple of comments and you guys were like wait where's court and I announced it on Instagram but I didn't come back and announce it on the podcast. And so that was my bad. So yes, Courtney is not here exactly with us anymore. I still have contact with her. She's doing great, wonderful things with her family and has some stuff in the works. But just so you guys know, nothing has changed. I'm here with you. I will continue to guide you and love on you. I'm loving the information that I'm getting back from everyone, the podcast topics, um, the comments on the podcast topics that we're doing. So thank you so much. Thank you for the review. And yes, I am here to serve. All right, so today I am really excited to have one of the My Essential Birth students here on the podcast because she's going to tell us her birth story. And as we, I'm always talking about on the podcast and social media and within the course, it's really important to hear good birth stories. So I'm really excited to introduce to you Erica, and I want to give her a moment to introduce herself. So Erica, tell us a little bit about you, some of your background. Are you a first-time mom? Um, if you're comfortable, how old are you? Like any information that you can give us to give a little background on you. Okay, awesome. Well, my name is Erica and I am 36 years old, to be 37 this year, and I am a mom of three and I am from Fort Worth, Texas, which is close to Dallas, just in case anybody doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, I'm really excited to have you here and I can't wait to hear your birth story. Um, and maybe we should start with, tell me a little bit about well, all of it. Tell me a little bit about how you found my essential birth. Tell me about previous pregnancies. Talk to me a little about those things. 
Sure. So, um, like I said, I'm a mom of three. And so I had my first two boys at a really young age. I was 18 and 20. And so um, those first two births were kind of just normal, whatever, what people would say were normal. Um, I didn't have a lot of education. I was very young and I didn't know um, what was really going on. Um, I went through the motions and um, my older two boys are actually 18 and 16 now. And so I just had my third baby this January. And so there is a <laughs> 16 year gap between my middle son and my baby. Um, which is crazy. Um, we actually <laughs> thought we couldn't have any kids anymore. And um, so this one was a surprise COVID quarantine baby, all, all of it. <laughs> um, so when I found out I was pregnant with this, my third one, I wanted to do it different. And I started doing a lot of research. I started going online. I joined uh, Facebook groups. I read books. And then I also um, was looking for podcasts and I found the My Essential Birth podcast. And I fell in love. I think I binged listen to all of them um, <laughs> while I was pregnant. And it was just amazing. Just knowing that I had a choice and had the power to decide was was just eye-opening. And so that kind of led me to join the My Essential Birth uh, course. And I actually was hesitant. And so I didn't join until late. I think I was maybe 30 weeks pregnant at the time when I actually joined somewhere around there and um, kind of crash course just went through it and 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 learned and soaked up as much as I could. I love it. W would you mind telling me a little bit about what made your first two births not so great? Yeah, of course. And why you wanted something different? Yes. Yeah, so um, like I said, I was 18 and 20 when I've had my first two. And uh, my first one, I, you know, had a regular OB-GYN and um, I would go to my weekly appointments. I think I was, my due date was July 11th and I was a week before my due date. And I went in and I did the cervical checks like normal. And she said, oh, well you're, you know, two centimeters dilated, go walk for an hour, come back and we'll see how far you've come after that. Of course I didn't know, so I'm, I go walk for an hour, I come back, <laughs> oh, okay, you're dilated to a three, good, we're ready, or four, you know, I don't remember, it's been so long. Um, go ahead and walk across the street and we'll go ahead and get you admitted. You're gonna have the baby today. And um, wow. Wow. that was a week before. So um, I didn't really have any signs and I, didn't, I wasn't having contractions, nothing. Um, well, I was in labor for 12 hours with him. Um, and I remember, I think I was like a, dilated to like a five or a six and the nurse yelling at me and telling me that I needed to hurry up and decide if I wanted an epidural because my, um, my goal was always to have a natural birth. Like my mom, she had me naturally. And so I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to have a natural birth with my first child. Like, you know, I was very naive and young at the time. And so I just thought you just spoke it and it would happen. <laughs> I didn't know you had to prepare. And um, yeah, when the nurse yelled at me and told me I had, you know, to decide if I wanted to get an epidural because I was so much in so much pain, um, I kind of got scared and I was just like, okay, let's do it. I felt like I had no choice. <laughs> and so did the epidural, did pain medicine and, you know, had him and it was still, you know, vaginal birth, normal, nothing outside of crazy there. Um, but I just remember after having him that I was in bed for 12 hours and with the epidural, you know, I can't move. I had the baby monitor on me and I remember leaving there and my back was hurting. I, and when I had my second one, when I was pregnant with my second, I told my husband, I was like, I don't want to go to the hospital early. I don't want to be there for 12 hours on my back. I don't want my back to hurt. And so with my second one, I actually 
waited. I started having contractions at 5.30 in the morning and then I stayed at home and I was cleaning and I was working through my contractions and I thought I was doing a good job, you know, staying at home as long as I could and went to the hospital at the very last minute and I still was in labor for five hours and still had the epidural and still had pain medication and it was it wasn't as bad as my first one. I didn't have nurses yelling at me, thankfully, because I felt like this was my second rodeo. But um, I do remember being in the bed, stuck to the bed again and not liking it. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, and thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, okay, so if we can start kind of at the pregnancy, I know that this is like really common and their moms are curious, you know, I know even for myself, even with my third baby, I'm like, earliest pregnancy symptom signs, right? I start Googling um, and I'm like, what, like, what does it feel like to be pregnant? I feel like that's like the big question, especially for first time moms. Like how do I, I know I'm pregnant? Did you have anything like consistently with your pregnancies that you're like, oh, for sure. I knew every time this, like I was definitely pregnant. Did you have anything like that? No, you know, it was really weird. Um, with my first oh, and funny. second pregnancies, I didn't have morning sickness um, at all. So I was very luck lucky. I know that's not for everybody. Um, and so with my third one, I didn't have morning sickness at all either. It was just a missed period. And it was like, oh, hey, that should have come. <laughs> it's not here yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was funny because my husband was joking. He's like, hey, you know, all these people on Facebook, cousins, family members are announcing their pregnancy. And he's like, I wonder who's going to be pregnant next. And I look at him and I'm like, well, I don't know. It might be us. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, my 16 year old is 16 at the time. He's like, no, that's not going to happen. It's not true. And and so um, it, a pregnancy test confirmed it for us. That was it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that. Um, okay. So did you have any specific things like as you go throughout your pregnancy and you didn't end up taking the birth course till 30 weeks? And so I'm curious about maybe like your provider and your birth team talk a lot about that, right? Like we have to set up this really important, good support system. So what did you do early on that went really well? Or did you run into any issues with your providers or birth support throughout your pregnancy? Yeah, so I actually started off with my original provider that birthed my first two boys. Um, I started off with them. It was just natural, and I went to her to make sure because I had went to her several years before to for fertility just to see if we could get pregnant. Um, so we went back to her, and it was okay. It was fine. Um, I started getting worried when I started um, getting sonograms because for me, I had what they called um, placenta previa or yeah. – yeah partial at that time. They, they weren't for sure. Um, they said it was kind of close, so they needed to watch it. And um, so they were doing sonograms regularly. And I started getting concerned whenever they started saying, oh, well, you're measuring a little bit late. You know, your baby's actually, maybe the due date's going to be here sooner. And so that was kind of the first red flag for me. Um, and at that point, then that's when I started, okay, I need to start looking for a midwife. So I went ahead and switched yeah. and midway through it. Um, I think I was like 20 weeks, 22 weeks. And I switched to a midwife, um, and visited them and made sure that they were able to take me first because of, um, the placenta previa or partial. Um, I wanted to make sure that they could take me and they did a follow-up, uh, ultrasound and sonogram or, and made sure that I was able to switch over to them and she said that I was. So I was happy about that. Good. And maybe you can tell me what the difference was going from one provider to the other. What felt different or what was different for you in, in a good positive way? I liked, well, 
Kind of the obvious one was the doctor's office. <laughs> you walk into the OBGYN's office and you walk in and it's kind of just an off a doctor's office. It's white, it's cold, it's, you know, just clean, sterile, which, you know, you want, of course. But then you go to the midwife and, you know, they have couches and you sit on a couch. You don't sit on a, a table with white paper. And they actually have a conversation with you and it's the midwife that comes in and she's asking you how you're doing, how are your kids and um, how are you feeling? And it's it's really a conversation first before they start getting into let's check your vitals or let's talk about everything else. So it was a big difference. I kind of felt weird. I'm like, are, am I going to ever get checked here? Because <laughs> it was more of a conversation. Um, so that was the big yeah. difference. I love that. Yeah, that it was my experience too, very much so that I just felt more cared about and um, like I could trust the information that I was getting or that I could ask any question that I wanted to. And so, um, uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. And for they definitely that. asked me, you know, what are your what are your thoughts and what are your wants for this um, for this birth? You know, what do you want? It wasn't this is how we're going to do it or this is what's going to happen. So that helped. Yeah. Um, and so you had a midwife. Did you deliver at a birth center or at home, or were you still in a hospital with a midwife? I was in a hospital with a midwife. Wonderful. Um, and this midwife that you had, was she actually the one that was able to attend your birth with you? This particular midwife practice, they had five different mid midwives there. And so because they're on rotation, they couldn't guarantee that one particular midwife would be there. But I did get to meet with all of them throughout my visits and make sure that I connected with them and I talked to them. And, um, and, and so I did know who was going to be there. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so tell me about your partner. How was he prepared? And, and I assume he was at the other births, so like... Anyways, what was the difference for him? Um, and yeah, tell me a little bit about his side of things. Yeah, so he, um, yes, he was at the first two. Uh, it's funny, the first, actually the first two, he was, he didn't show up until I was at the hospital. He was at work on both times. So my mother-in-law was with me on my first one. She went to my doctor's appointment and walked me across the hospital. My father-in-law was there with me on my second one. I was, I was holding out and told my husband, you know, go to work. Don't worry about me. And so he went to work. And so my father-in-law drove me to the hospital. Um, and then, of course, he showed up later. But um, with the third one, um, he, I, when I told, first of all, when I told him that this is what I want to do, he kind of just gave me this side eye look like, what, are you, are you sure? <laughs> like, what are you, what are you talking about? What do you want to do? Um and so when I told him I wanted to switch to a midwife, I had him come with me to visit and to see it himself. And so he was very supportive. And um, I think his biggest concern was, okay, well, what's going to happen if we don't make it to the hospital? Or what's going to happen if, you know, um, you end up having to, I don't know, have surgery or, you know, is the midwife going to be able to do handle that, prepare for that? So um, those were his concerns. But, you know, once he got we went to the, and toured the uh, facility and talked to the midwives. He felt a lot more better. I love it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is once they get involved, once we make sure that they're involved, then all of a sudden they get really excited with us. So um, was that the case for the birth course too? I, I, it sounds like you didn't take a birth course for the first two. And so this time you're like, I want to change some things up, do things a little differently and involved my husband, right? So what was that like for him? And did he watch the stuff? Did you guys practice relaxation together? Like what did it look like? 
Yeah, so it was a little, there was a little bit of arm twisting <laughs> because, you know, it's an online course. And so it's like, listen to this, watch this, let's, let's do this together. Um, but he, he, he did go through it. <laughs> and so we did um, practice a little. So he was able to practice some, you know, hip massages and uh, just comfort techniques for me. And, um, and so that was very helpful. And I think it helped whenever I actually did go into labor because then he knew what to do and he was prepared. He wasn't just standing and scared on the side. So what were the things that he did that were the most helpful to you? I think just being by my side and like he would try to massage my back and I was no, don't do that. That kind of hurts. And so being able to talk about that beforehand and tell him like, if I tell you it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm not mad at you. It just, it's not comforting for me. So I think that was very helpful. The understanding part, like he knew the game plan. He knew what was, what he should do and whether or not it was going to work. And he just tried different things. If it, if one thing didn't work, he would try something else. Yeah, but the main thing was just being supportive. Yeah, that's the main thing for all of us, right? Is just wanting to have that support as we walk through this difficult thing that we're we're doing in front of us. So that's great. Okay, um, okay. So walk me through the birth. I everyone wants to hear the birth story. You know, like what what did that look like? Were you? My favorite thing is like I'm having contractions. Let's go to Target, right? So we all have our <laughs> we all have our own things. So like walk me through what that looked like for you when you called your husband. You know, when you assembled your birth team. Like what was that like? Wow. So it was a long day. Um, I actually woke up. I think early 6, 6.30 in the morning, and I was having contractions and timing them. They were about 20 minutes apart, and because I had the other two boys, I kind of knew what they felt like and what was, you know, because they were so consistent after, you know, 30 minutes or whatever, I had two, I was like, okay, it's probably, this is might be it. Um, it was a Wednesday, so I was hard-headed, and I went to work, and I was like, you know what, I don't want to be at home in my bed. I don't want to be timing contractions all day long. I could be doing this for 12 hours. So I went ahead and just got dressed. I drove to work, got to work, and I worked all day. And, I, you know, I was just monitoring my contractions. I had an app, and I remember, you know, they were getting closer, 15 minutes apart, 10 minutes apart throughout the day. Um, I remember driving home and it, sitting in traffic and breathing through a couple of contractions and like, oh, these are getting kind of close. <laughs> And looking back, it probably wasn't the safest thing, and I don't advise it, but <laughs> it's definitely a good story to tell. Um, yeah. I got home, and I didn't tell my husband at all that I was having contractions. I didn't want him to freak out because um, I know if I would have told him I was having contractions and they were that close, he probably would have sent me home or told me to go home. So I just, I was like, I don't want to worry him. I don't want to give him the false alarm. So um, I just... I didn't tell him until I got home. And so we were making dinner and I was like, you know, I've been having contractions all day. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, they were like 20 minutes apart, 15 minutes apart. They're getting closer. And he's like, just shaking his head at me. And so we go ahead and um, we make dinner and my two teenage boys were home and they're just looking at me. Like every time I get a contraction, I'm hurled over the counter, breathing through and they're just looking at me and they're like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. It's, it's fine. And, you know, after I breathe through it and then I'm back to, you know, cooking or whatever, doing whatever I need to do. Um, and so I remember sitting down for dinner and trying to eat because I knew I wanted to have a meal before if this was really happening, you know, well, it was happening, but I wanted to have a meal before. And um, like halfway through my meal, I couldn't finish. I was just, I wasn't interested anymore. And that's when the contractions started getting a little bit more intense. So I went ahead and 
moved to the living room and got on my exercise ball and I was doing some moves there, got on my hands and knees and was kind of shifting. And um, it's so funny, my husband, he's like, you know, if this is really happening, I need to go put gas in the car. So he takes off and goes and puts gas in the car. And from the time it took for, you know, 20 minutes for him to drive to put gas and come back, I was, you know, I was there. I was like breathing every five minutes. I was like, call the midwife. And it was hilarious because I, I called her and I was like, I think I'm in labor. Contractions are like eight minutes apart. And she's like, okay, well, you know what? Take a bath, get in some warm water and take a nap and call me if it gets, you know, a little bit, if it kicks up a little bit. And so I told my husband that he's like, what? She told you to take a bath and go and get in the bed. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. So I said, let's do that. Let's get in the bath. And so he starts the water for me. I get in the bathtub. And I think what that did is it intensified it for me. <laughs> so the warm water kind of kicked up labor even more. And I, um, my, my water actually broke in the bathtub. And oh, so, wow. yeah. And um, at that point, I think contractions were maybe four or five minutes apart, maybe less. And um, my husband was freaking out at that point. He's, he's like, we got to go. We got to go to the hospital. Your water broke. Um, so he calls the midwife. And so he's panicking and he's like, her water broke. She's in the shower. Um, and so she's like, okay, I was just waiting to make sure, you know, she really was in labor. And um, later on, she told me that I was so calm on the phone that she didn't believe that I was in labor. And so when my husband called, freaked out, and then that's when she's like, okay, you are. <laughs> so go ahead and get her in the car and go to the hospital. I'll meet you there. Um, and so that took us a little bit of time to get me out of the bathtub in between each contractions. I think at that point we were like three or four minutes apart. Um, and so it took a good 30 or 40 minutes to get me out of the tub and get me dressed and get me into the car. Um, but yeah, and then so we went ahead and made it to the hospital. Um, and I think it was maybe we got there at 10 o'clock and 15 minutes later, he was here. And so it was fast. <laughs> That's so crazy. That is such a crazy story. I, I, mean, I remember walking into the hospital or, you know, being, being wheeled in on a wheelchair because I couldn't walk because of the contractions. But, um, you know, with all the COVID things that were going on during the time, you know, they had to make sure I had my mask on and ask me all of these questions. And, you know, they're doing this throughout the, uh, throughout each of my contractions. And I think the 15 minutes that I was there at the hospital was all intake. And as soon as I walked into the room and I was like, I need to go to the restroom. My midwife's like, no, if you need to go to the restroom, I think you're there. <laughs> Let's check you first. And then, um, so, you know, I lay down. She's like, oh, yeah, you're ready. Start pushing. And so there was no wow. time from the time I walked into the door of that hospital room to, to push time. So it was, it was really crazy. I didn't. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no time for IVs, no time for anything. I don't think they even really checked me into the system or to their hospital system until after I had the baby. They had all the intake questions for me. Wow. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your contractions. So you said when you started having contractions, you recognized them, you knew what they had felt like from before. And that's another common question, right? Once people figure out they are pregnant, the next question is, how do I know when I'm in labor? So what did contractions feel like for you? For me, it was 
one tightening of the stomach, but it wasn't just that because I was having Braxton Hicks contractions or before. And um, this was more in the back for me. And it would, it would kind of stop me to where I couldn't focus on anything else. I couldn't talk through them. I had to just focus on breathing. And it, it was almost like um, all in my belly, all in my back. And I think that's how I knew because I couldn't do anything else. Everything, my mind was clouded. Like I had to focus on getting through this small pain that I have or the tightening of my stomach. I wouldn't say it was pain, um, the initial ones anyways. And yeah. then, yeah. you know, the later ones, you know, they get a little bit more longer and a little bit more, a little bit more painful, but I think it's more the tightening of the stomach and, and just the intenseness of it. And so what did you do or what, what helped you to be really comfortable or as comfortable as you could be, I guess, during contractions? What was that like for you? What were some techniques that you used that like naturally your body was doing to make you more comfortable? So I think a lot of it was trying to relax my body, uh, trying to let go, like trying not to tense up as much um, and just thinking through that. And then I remember, I think it was from the course where it's like, it's going to last just a minute. You're just one more contraction. This contraction can get you closer to the birth of your baby. Just think of it that way. And so I wasn't thinking about the 12 hours I had ahead of me or five hours ahead of, you know, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about focusing on that one contraction and breathing through it and trying to relax. Um, I think that really helped because I didn't focus on anything else. I think if I would have focused on oh my gosh, I'm going to be here for four hours or I'm going to be here. I'm going to be doing this for a long time. I think it would have um, scared me. <laughs> so I think just thinking one contraction at a time really, really helped. I love that. So it sounds like you had some physical things that you had not only practiced, but um, were utilizing during the labor and contractions. And then you also had that mental aspect, which we talk about, you were in birth land that, you know, we're off in birthing land and there really is like nothing else. It's kind of this dreamlike state and it's all consuming. Like you said, I can't focus on anything else. This is where I'm focused on. But I think you you said something really important. I don't know if you really understand the power behind what you just said, but being able to harness that and say, I'm, I'm going to stay right here. Being in the moment or like people talk about mindfulness, you know, it's kind of that like new concept, but it's very like it, being in the moment is not necessarily an easy thing to do. But when you can do it, you're like, I'm going to focus on this contraction for this next minute because I know I can get through that. I can't think about the Eight hours ahead of me or the two hours more I have to go but I can focus on this contraction and I think that's so powerful because that's especially you know as a doula as I go and support women that's it's like but you are doing it right moms start saying like I can't do this anymore or this is so hard or I can't do this for another hour and you're like but you are doing it you're doing it right now and you've been doing it and you can do it so that is so powerful and I look back now and I don't remember it feeling like a long time like I mean I I think the contraction started really intensely, like at six o'clock, 6.30 when I got home and was making dinner and, you know, 6.30 to 10, I don't even, four hours, somewhere around there, just a little bit less than four, but it didn't seem like that. It, it really went by quick and short. Yeah. That's amazing. And to how you describe the contractions, which is very real, you know, it's okay to, to feel pain. It's okay to call it pain. Um, but I think for many women, uh, when we're prepared and we walk through this experience, just as you described, and we look back on it, 
we're like, yeah, that was like the hardest thing I've ever done, right? Physically and emotionally. But at the same time, I wouldn't call it pain. It was intensity or, um, you know, it got harder, but it's not, you look back and you're like, it wasn't like I broke my leg. It's not that kind of pain, right? Yeah. I think because it's, it wasn't really constant and, you know, you had those little breaks in between where you could breathe and um, kind of compose yourself and relax a little before the next one. Yeah. Wonderful. Will you tell me if you're comfortable a little bit about what your postpartum was like, what recovery was like, what it was like for you and your new family, you and your new baby? How did that go for you? Yeah. Um, Well, I know um, initially, you know, just being in the hospital, the postpartum, it was, it was great. I mean, the first, I don't know if um, I was expecting this, but after I had him, I had like this adrenaline rush to where I wasn't sleepy. I was awake and I was, you know, just had all of this energy and I just wanted to hold him and, you know, do a lot of things. And that was initially, you know, in the hospital, they did hold me for a day or a day um, until I was released. But then being at home, um, it was, it was good. Of course, the sleepless nights and having to sleep on the couch with the baby and, you know, trying to get adjusted that way. Um, that was very, very hard. Um, and for me, I, I breastfed him. I didn't do that with my first two. So for this one, that was another reason why I wanted to do a natural birth was to give me better chances for breastfeeding. Um, just what I thought. <laughs> so, um, I breastfed him and that was a challenge. Um, we had some, um, let me, let me stop. So you're fine. We actually, we had a scare at the hospital where we thought he might have some hearing issues. And so that was a little bit harder for the postpartum on me. Um, I was very, you know, anytime I was would think about his next doctor's visit that we were trying to, um, work through, I, it was very emotional. And so I would break down. And so the hormones were there and I knew it was the hormones and I knew what to expect. Um, but it, it was hard that in that aspect of it. Um, but other than that, I mean, the typical sleepless nights and worrying about your baby and making sure that they're eating enough and, um, not being able to shower was tough. (laughs) Just, uh, it was just all the new mom, uh, feelings for sure. Yeah. Um, how about for your husband? How was it for you guys postpartum or even looking back on this birth story? Did he have anything that felt better or different this time around? Or was it like, nope, just here we go again. (laughs) I think he was, it's so funny. I think he was proud and kind of, um, shocked that I, you know, was able to have him naturally without pain medicine because he kind of, he said some things afterwards, like, yeah, she, you know, he was telling his parents, you know, she did it without medication and, you know, she did it and he was here in 15 minutes. So it was a proud kind of dad feeling for him, I think. Um, so I think he kind of looked at me different afterwards <laughs> about my That's strength. So or something. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It yeah. just, it, it's, he didn't really say it, but that's how I felt. Okay. So I am curious. I like to ask every mom that comes on here, dads too. And so maybe you had a chance to talk with him about this, or maybe you kind of know his answer, but if you had any advice for pregnant moms 
right now, looking at your experiences, what would that be? I would say just get education. I mean, soak up as much education as you can, join as many classes as you can, listen to the podcast, um, you know, read books. The more information that you get, the better informed you're, you are. And even if it's not what you think uh, or that you might be interested in, at least you know what your options are. Um, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of, you have a lot of choices. You have a lot of options out there. And I would say, don't be afraid to just be vocal about what you want and don't be scared about, you know, what other people are going to think. Um, I think that was a big thing for me and, and my, my husband too. It's like, well, I didn't want people to think that I was weird because I was going to a midwife or I didn't want people to think I was weird because I thought I wanted to, you know, have the baby at home. Um, so, you know, you really have to put that aside and look at what's most comfortable for you. What are your options and what, what exactly you want? I love it. And then what would be your advice as the mom to dads? To dads. I think, um, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I think just to support mom in whatever, you know, she, she wants or what, I mean, yes, you have a say so as well, but really ask questions, get a good understanding and really be involved, be present uh, through the, the education, the courses, the training, um, soak up as much information for yourself as well. Cause that's only going to help you with supporting her. I love that. Okay. And then same questions I would ask your partner. Do you have any idea what his advice for moms or dads might be? Oh, his advice, man, (laughs) he would probably say, you know, just do it. Don't be scared. (laughs) He's very, he's like a man of few words, but, um, I think that he would say that it was worth it. Honestly. Good. He got to see, it. he got to experience something that we, we hadn't got before. So it, it was worth it for sure. Yeah. You, in fact, you had kind of mentioned how, um, and so I'm curious, you said with the third one after he was born, little boy, right? You said he, yes. Okay. Yeah, three boys. After he was, oh, me too. Yay. <laughs> um, after he was born, you said you felt this like rush, which I would say is like the oxytocin, right? That second wind. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're so like kind of on top of the world and taking care of this baby. So did you not experience that with the first two? And did you notice any bonding that happened between you and your husband? Um, uh, like along with that kind of rush of oxytocin, was that any different for you? Yes. Yeah, so with my first two, after I had them, um, you know, baby was whisked off to the side, cleaned and, you know, they were, and I was just a lot more tired afterwards, after having the epidural, after having the medicine, I just wanted to sleep and, you know, baby was kind of taken to the nursery and, you know, not really around. Um, and I, so I do think that there was a bonding experience that wasn't there with the first two. Um, and with my third one, um, we made sure that the cord was, um, held on just a little bit longer and attached, not cut right away. And so we had him on my chest and I think it was for, um, he didn't get weighed or he didn't get measured until an hour later. So we really had that one hour time in the beginning to where he was just on my chest and we were just bonding and, and dad was there. And, um, yeah, I think we both fell in love a little bit more. Don't tell my other two boys. <laughs> uh, we were just in, in love a little bit more um, in the beginning because 
we had that one hour of just togetherness and yeah, the nurses were there and they were working on, you know, me and whatnot. But sure, um, sure. I think just being there, it was, it was a difference for sure. That's so cool. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing all of your amazing preparation and your birth story and everything that you've been through. That is so incredible. And I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's fun to share this information. Yeah. We all that's love kind of the big thing, right? I know yeah. we do. And when we've got a good one, like those are the ones we should be talking about, like to everybody. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so thanks for helping spread that message. You are welcome. Thank you. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.